When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Nick Cody. And I'm Luke Heggie. Throughout human history, there have been countless scuffles, melees and fracasses. When planes were invented, we didn't magically just stop belting the shit out of each other. So ladies and gentlemen, strap in, kick your shoes off, recline your seat without checking, drink your duty free and start staring aggressively at strangers. This is Mid-Flight Brawl. Mid-air madness, passengers trading blows. Mid-air brawl on board a scoot flight from the Gulf Coast. At LAX, thrown off a flight from Bali. A disruptive passenger on board. Cussing, screaming, spitting, even urinating. So many of them have been captured on cell phones. Where's the lady that started the, <laughs> the this crashes. Out the fucking door. Welcome to Midfly Brawl. Any tip rat can fly now. Here's what happens when they do. I'm Nick Cody. And I'm Luke Heggie. I'm excited for the festive season, mate. Mate, I'm so excited. It's the it's the season of giving. It's the holiday season. And uh yeah, here at the Integrity Unit, we uh we live to give. So I reckon we should jump straight in. This is the first of a three part special, the uh three Thursdays of Christmas. It is. Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. It is Christmas, and uh, I don't know about you if you've been getting around the shops lately, Heggy, but no. I remember I used to work at Harris Scarf at the Werribee Plaza. Harris Scarf, if you don't know, is like a it's an in-between department store, so it's not as pov as a fucking Target, but it's not as good as a Meyer. It's like a country Target. It is. It is a country Target. And they. I remember the year that I worked there when I was 15 at Christmas, they had a 12, sorry. Christmas. They had a 12-track Christmas CD <laughs> that was just on loop all day long, and I'd be doing ten-hour oh. shifts in the same twelve songs. You'd just hear stuff like this, Heggy. Oh, here we go. Christmas. 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 Or this one. Oh, what? Sucked in. Oh, that one's fucked. Good. Christmas. <laughs> we just can do this for an hour. Yep. Is that what's going to happen? No, uh, that'll do. <laughs> yeah, it will do. Christmas. Let's um. <laughs> let's get anyway. in. Uh, yeah, let's get stuck in because each each week for the next three, uh, we're presenting some classic Christmas uh flights and to kick it off and i know this is not the usual thing um to talk about crashes but who doesn't love a bloody good crash oh. and there have been plenty at christmas and um the one for this week during during my search i found heaps of them that uh, god wasn't able to stop them presumably he was a bit busy being christmas and all but um in 2017 right there was a man called john h shannon and he's uh pitched up good name he's pitched up at a municipal airport in Florida, bearing gifts for the airport staff, cookies, if you really want to know. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, very nice, lovely, homemade. He was uh, was taking his two daughters, a son-in-law and a friend, for a picnic lunch at Florida Keys. And one of them said, but, Dad, it's uh, it's pretty foggy in Tampa this morning. 
this seems the sort of day where someone in a uniform will be doing a piece to camera in front of a burnt patch of grass later on, to which John H. Shannon has said, shut up, kids, didn't get to where I am today by questioning old men. No one should. Makes you think, doesn't it? <laughs> zero visibility, more like zero fucks. That's where I come in. I bloody love planes. <laughs> Off they went. Brown bread. Brown bread. That is fucking grim, isn't it? Yeah. You never want a small plane in the fog. I never want a small plane on a nice day, but... Fuck no. In the fog. Fuck me. I mean, small aircraft, such as the fabled Cessna, which this was, the Daihatsu of the sky, um, they're in a lot of crashes from what I've read on the internet. Yeah. There's heaps of Cessna crashes. You want to know the breakdown for why they crash? Oh, yeah. I'll go lowest to highest. 7% other, such as air traffic control, ground handling, unknown. 8% sabotage. So oh. someone's nipping the brake lines or whatever they do in MacGyver shows. Uh <laughs> By the way, I've seen enough air crash investigations to know anything brings those little fucking things down. Absolutely. Generally a heart attack because the people flying them are too fucking old. I told you one of the ones I saw, I think it was on a Cessna, there's little tubes that tell you the airspeed. So you think, how does a plane know how fast it's going? There's two little tubes at the front, air comes in, and then a computer says, based on this, I know how fast you're headed. Yeah, right. right? But somebody had left the cap because you can't leave the tubes open overnight because, I don't know, birds will shit in them or something. So worms will get in there, whatever. So they have to put these little caps on. Somebody forgot to take the caps off in the morning and they've taken off. Didn't know how far he was going. Plane just stalled. Wasn't going fast enough on takeoff. All right. Brown bread. Little things like that. We'll get that. It's quite a large category. 13% is weather, as is the case for the Shannons. 13%, Mm. lucky for some, not the Shannon family. 17% 17% aircraft mechanical error and uh, 55% pilot error. So Jesus, that's what's happening. It's not the Cessna's fault at all. It's the fuckheads flying them. Yeah. Well, is that because the Cessna are a smaller plane? You've most likely got more inexperienced pilots in there? Well, absolutely it is. Yeah. Fuck. You get your fucking Harrison Ford types, your invincibility sufferers that uh, get in there and think they can do everything. Man, I'm so I I am tempted. Did I? I don't know if I brought it up on here before. My ex girlfriend once got me a um, she got me a scoop on plane lesson, like a flight lesson. Really? And I said no because I wouldn't even trust coupons for some restaurants. Oh right. Uh, let alone a plane. I don't want to get on a scoop on plane. Be brilliant if uh, like a scoop on might have their own airline. You know? <laughs> oh fuck! If it was the UK, it already would have happened. You'd be you'd be flying a like a commercial flight yeah, on a scoop-on. Yeah, to an airport land where I get on a scoop-on shuttle bus to the scoop-on cruise ship. <laughs> Go to the scoop-on hotel. <laughs> <laughs> well, this uh, this Florida family, right, I'm not superstitious, but this ticks a lot of boxes. You got your ding finger ready? Hold on. Get Let out the get dinger. Sorted. Yep, here we go. Found it. I saw it. Oh, we're in here. Florida man. Personal injury lawyer, former Marine, one-time hopeful Florida State Republican representative, 70 years old, devoted father, golfer, 
They are contradictory terms. Oh, yeah, devoted father and a golfer. (laughs) (laughs) I love spending time with my kids and six hours a day away from them. Yeah. um, And then these these are all words in the first couple of sentences. Cessna. Surname, Shannon. Is there is there much more you can do for an article? To put there, all those things, I Google any of those things. It's like bang, this article's just going to keep popping up. Hits all the numbers. Man, it's always too. Why is it always like somebody from the armed forces? Really, do they they rarely run for left wing parties? Yeah, they're not really into it, are they? Mm. <laughs> I think we all know. But even yeah, I just don't understand. That's the jump. That's the comedians to kid book thing. I think it's marine to politics. Yeah, they love a good bit of politic and they love a pivot. It's not that much of a pivot though, is it? Well, I think so. I think being a frogman, fucking jumping in the middle of the night with night vision goggles on into you know into a field with a team of six going to shoot someone, put them in a bag and take them away. It's a bit different from running a state. Probably very different. You're already halfway there. Like you're doing it for the people. In your mind, you're killing you know, Afghani farmers or whoever for the people back in your country. You're doing it for oh. them and they don't fucking appreciate it. So Yeah. You know, you've got to you've got to make them appreciate it by forcing them to later on. Um anyway, we should uh we should kick off the actual incidents. We've got a couple of Christmas special uh incidents for this week, followed by two more weeks of it. Sorry, Haggy, you actually said Christmas there. It's Christmas. Please. All right. I'll see what I can do. Later on, um, <laughs> if you can if you can cast your mind back to uh, December twenty two two thousand and two, mm. ducks in a row, the uh, the very day that Joe Strummer of the Clash died, aged fifty, of a uh, suspected heart attack, no less. Maybe maybe some of the freeloaders who ripped off his sound and made billions off the back of Joe's influential hard work might want to get heart attacks themselves. Like, oh, no, I only wanted to steal the good stuff. Did you? Bono, Green Day, Beastie Boys, Moby, Et Al, have some fucking heart attacks, have the decency to go the way Joe did, seeing as you pinched all his shit. Did they? Damn straight. I don't know enough about music. Sorry. Well, anyway, Clash, very, very influential band, The Clash, and... uh Joe Strummer died with less than a million pounds in his bank account, which fine Good. by my standards. Maradona died the other week. He died with they said like a hundred thousand pound or something. Great, he had a fucking good time. Well, he failed. He should have spent the last, spent it all. Like you want to die with a dollar, mm. I get it. But um, yeah, I want I want to die with creditors. Yeah, right. Yeah, leave that for your family. <laughs> um. <laughs> Anyway, our, our uh, you start where I started behind the eight ball. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> I, um, your your mate here this is one of your mates, our main protagonist. My mate this week. Uh, his name is John Tudor, and he's a son of your two favourite nationalities. Oh, and uh, <laughs> Irish American. Damn straight. Marty! Um. At least he's not like a, a lot of Americans who lay claim to being Irish. Like he, he did say he's American, like, despite never having been there. A lot of Americans yeah. say, hey, I'm Irish, I'm special. Mm. If only they knew, I reckon they'd shut up. John Boy, <laughs> our mate, he's a uh, Chicago firefighter. So already 
should just be allowed to do whatever the fuck he wants. He's a great American hero, believe it or not. For some reason, they're the only like firefighter Chicago, like America, Chicago, New York, that anywhere Chicago and east of, when you die as a firefighter, your body's just at the pub. Yeah. Oh, they love it. Yeah. They love a, a, a hero. The, the demand for jobs in, is huge in firefighting the world over. Can you imagine? Just grow up. It's kid shit. There's already <laughs> heaps of them. Just do something else. I'm not, I'm not talking about the like the rural volunteer types we have here who heroically swoop in and help out putting out the fires they themselves lit. No. <laughs> I'm talking city ones, ones who sleep on the dime of Mr. and Mrs. T. Payer most of the time. They're just, I don't know, they've got hero complex themselves. But um, I've heard it's fucking hard to get in, Heggy. Yeah, I've heard, which is crazy because they're just fucking insomniac arsonists. <laughs> I feel I actually feel bad for the city firefighters because you know once every so often you get your nine eleven they're going to be busy but most of the time it's some cunt cooked toast in a tiny apartment they've got to send three cars down there run up eighty flights of stairs to find out you know somebody had the toaster on six this happened to yours truly what I was um in our apartment I just I burnt the veggies right mm. and it wasn't this one I'm in it was, another, it was two apartments ago and they had. The smoke alarms were hardwired. That old yeah. fucking. So, they've. I've run down to the. I didn't have a phone, so I ran down to the phone box. Just the building's going nuts. Everyone's out, and it's me burning the veggies. And I've just run down and rung up uh, the fire station up the road and said, "Hey, just burnt the veg. That's what. That's what this is. Maybe just take it easy. Yeah. Come down if you like, but you know, turn it off. But that's what it is. Okay. Two minutes later, there's two trucks with you know six or eight people per truck in it, flying down the street, full sirens, you know, 10 p.m., fucking screaming, jumping out. One of them's got an axe in his hand. I'm like, fucking settle down, fellas. This is <laughs> going to chop the rest of the veggies, are you, boys? Oh. Get onto those carrots. <laughs> fucking crazy. So They shoot in a calendar. Yeah. They're... <laughs> One had no shirt on. One of them had no ass in his pants. <laughs> What's happening? One was oiled up. They've got those pants with the studs on the side and they just whip them off if, if it's too hot. Um, fan. Yeah, fan the flames. <laughs> Pull the pants off and put it over the little fire. Yeah, I, I did used to feel sorry for them, but after that I'm like, fuck you guys, man. I told you this wasn't a big deal. By the way, is that what may, has made you hate firefighters? They just can't no, trust no, no. some cunt who's called in. Yeah, I know. It could be anyone. But it was me they were talking to. Yeah, man, it's just the vegos and I'm just setting the de facto's place on fire. You can't have that. Well, if you're setting the de facto's place on fire, you would have sorted out something a little more fucking elaborate. I don't think so. Yeah. There's no good news story with de facto in it. No, not really. We've discussed this before. Yeah. (laughs) There's never been a positive news story with the term de facto. I would think more de facto's have been burned to a crisp (laughs) than husbands and wives (laughs) by a long, long way. Get married, you won't get burnt. Literally, metaphorically, perhaps that's your business. Literally, you'd be all right. <laughs> um, they did give me a stern lecture, though. Like, oh, next time you're going to get a big fine for this. So I was like, oh, fucking thanks. So I just, I disconnected the smoke alarm and got battery powered ones, like <laughs> everyone should. I got the power disconnected. My mate, who's an electrician, went fuck it, just turn off the power. I'm going to snip the wires and I'll put up a battery one. So it wouldn't happen again, no fines, everything's cool. 
by the way, you know this boils down to you hate the fire brigade because you can't cook veggies properly. Well, you say that, but <laughs> it wasn't me burning the veggies as such. It was someone had left something on the you know on the bottom plate of the oven. Yeah, yeah. There's food on the bottom of that. I didn't see it. That's what burnt. Not me. The veggies were all right, but they oh. I couldn't use them. I stunk. Yeah, but uh, it was something that had hit the bottom plate of the oven. Red hot down there. I was in an apartment in Brizzy the other week when uh, my wife and son flew home. I moved in to because we'd rented a house. I didn't want to fucking stay there. I just moved into a little one-bedroom apartment for the week, but one of those city apartments. And the oven, the oven at that place and at my house in Melbourne, we've got shit ovens. You can put it on 340 and it'll cook like it's 180 and it'll take double the time. I don't know what's happening. There's a seal off. I don't know. I'm not an oven guy. The oven in this joint, brand spanking new. So I, but I treated it like it was my house. Oh yeah, that oven. So I cooked salmon, just some salmon in the oven, and it said, "Fucking twelve minutes on one eighty. And I said, "I'm not falling for this. I'll do twenty on two twenty. And I opened it up and fucking whoosh. Oh yeah, just a big black fucking plume of smoke. And I was somehow got the doors open in time and the windows. Those inner city apartments, the windows open an inch. Fuck. But somehow. Were you in a high rise? Yeah. In a big high rise apartment. Yeah. Oh, that'd be a disaster. Oh, man. Somebody, if middle of last year, I reckon, wife, son, and I in Brisbane for the week, they put us up in a high rise apartment. We must have been 20 odd floors up, 2 a.m., fire alarm goes off. We had to walk down 20 odd flights of stairs with a fucking baby oh. who was very upset mm. just to get to the bottom for a woman to say, yeah, sorry, I don't know what's happened. It's a false alarm. There must have been 300 people downstairs. Oh, man. Trying not to fucking kill a stranger. I mean, if that happens, you want to make it worthwhile and there's only 299 downstairs. Yeah. Everyone's going, look, <laughs> we did wake you up, but yeah, <laughs> there's a reason hey, for it. Yeah. Are there any <laughs> snitches here? If not, we can get rid of this problem right now. <laughs> Can all 300 of you keep a secret? <laughs> so, <laughs> so old uh, Johnny Tutor, your mate, he's um, he's joined up the Chicago Fire Department about 130 is too late. It's 130 years too late from what I've seen to save Chicago <laughs> from the fire that killed 300 actually and absolutely torched the joint. Don't know if you remember the history books with that, but uh, he's too late. Mm-hmm. He's waiting for the next one. But uh, he's, just, he's just clocked off, right? And uh, slid down the pole for the last time for 2002 after polishing off a weekend shift of dominoes with his mates. And um, what he's done is he's sent the family ahead to the motherland and hopped on an Aer Lingus flight Oof. on Sunday, 22 December, Chicago to Dublin. And um, John, he's a, he's a nervous flyer, which is something that grown men admit to while never being quite scared enough to not get on the fucking plane. <laughs> Um, there's only one thing for that, as we know. This music in his headphone. Making a bit of that's playing on the iPod, the old iPod. He's sitting there waiting, waiting for takeoff. Yeah, he's had that in the earphones and he's slugged a beer at every fucking bar of the tune, I think. He's, uh, <laughs> he's gotten absolutely charged because instead of magic hour, it was only 30 minutes in, oh. well before the standard two and a half to three hour mark, 
where flight attendants limber up and open up the packets of cable ties. <laughs> I thought everything of any movie or TV show I've seen with firefighters involved, they seem to be able to handle their fucking booze. Well, you probably can. I don't know. He's probably drinking on the job. As soon as he finishes yeah. his shift, straight over to the airport, he's fucking charged. I mean, they've all got a limit. Mm. But clearly he didn't start when he got on the plane. It's only 30 minutes in that things have really started to fucking happen. Um, first thing John did, 30 minutes in, punch a flight attendant. Oh, there you go. Solid start. He wasn't ready. This is post 9-11 as well. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a year after. It's sort of um, the flight attendant, obviously, that's like going up to someone an hour and a half before kickoff and just kicking them in the nuts or something. They're not fucking ready. <laughs> They're ready at the two-hour mark. Getting them in the change rooms, yeah. yeah. So um, crew and passengers are just, they've handcuffed him fairly smartly and strapped him to a seat, at which point he's continued, they haven't done anything to his mouth because he's continuing to abuse everyone and made some sexual remarks while he's at it. Bit of dear fancy root love, that sort of business, I'm assuming. By the way... You're always giving my mates, the Irish, some grief, mm. but full fucking credit to them. Heaps of other airlines would have landed the plane immediately, written a report, been sad on the news. This is Aer Lingus. They are used to this type of behaviour. Oh, fuck yeah. The plane did divert. The same flight attendant that got punched was probably the one that zip-tied him and probably finished his beer. Yeah. <laughs> Crunched the can in front of him, threw it in the plastic bag. He probably, John probably punched the flight attendant in the first place because he had two customers in a headlock. <laughs> Flight attendant just rubbing them on the skulls, something to do. It's Christmas. Take it easy. Um, the plane did divert. I mean, as, as soon as as soon as the pilots heard there was a Chicago firefighter on his way to Ireland for Christmas, they've just fired up the GPS and punched in <laughs> Shannon. Shannon Airport is Ireland's third busiest airport. <laughs> and provides easy access to Galway and Limerick. As you can see, driving in this part of the country, it's very easy. <laughs> That's from a video where a vlogger has spent her time heading to Shannon Airport to talk about it. Gateway to the Wild Atlantic Way. It is the gateway to the Wild Atlantic Way. Well, I mean, if, if mental illness has anything to say about it, soon enough, Shannon's not going to be the third busiest. <laughs> It'll be definitely the busiest airport in the British Isles. The way I've seen, things are fucking kicking off. Worse after this, after everyone's flying again, Shannon's fucking busy. John's, um, John's wife and kids, I think, had already driven two hours to Shannon instead of going to the airport in Dublin to pick him up. As soon as she'd heard that her John was on a double shift, she thought, I know what he's like when he's tired. Get in the station wagon, kids. We're going to Shannon. Hi, I'm Marie Slattery, head of marketing for the Shannon Group, and welcome to Shannon Airport, gateway to the Wild Atlantic Way. Fly into Shannon Airport. You're going to be coming into the heart of our pioneering spirit. <laughs> I reckon, like, especially at Christmas week, there's um, there's got to be just a bunch of women parked up in a row at the end of the tarmac, like military wives at the docks at V-Day. Just going, fucking, yeah, a little less ticker tape, more flicking cigarette butts into the mud and starting the car up before the husband's even in it. Just going, get the, I know what you've done, fuckhead, get in the car. <laughs> How'd you know I was going to come to fuck Shannon? Because <laughs> I married you, you fucking silly cunt. <laughs> I thought I was meant to be meeting in Portugal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were. <laughs> the, um, 
The fallout for this was John Tudor. He was reportedly ashamed of his behaviour. Oh. Or so said his lawyer, who gets paid to say that shit daily. <laughs> He's um, John's pleaded guilty to assault and disruptive behaviour and had to pay costs. 1,000 euros. Done. So much for the double shift, Johnny boy. Political larrikinism gone mad. We've said it before. There are people that would look at how much a flight to Shannon would cost and go, fuck, it's a smaller airport, more expensive to get home to Shannon. Let's just book a Dublin or a London or something and just hope for the best. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, he's just off a double shift. Yeah. I mean, he did roll the dice and have to pay a 1,000 euros. That's a bit steep. Usually it would be around the 400 mark. That's what I'd start to If I lived in Shannon and I was on a Chicago to Dublin flight, I'd find someone in the airport and just fucking give them a few drinks. Go, oh, you're flying to Dublin. Yeah, me too. I fucking love it. Just ply him full of booze, find the biggest cunt there, give him double shots and just sit back and say, nah, we're going straight home. Yeah. Oh, you'd be walking around asking every man if they're Irish and then you'd have to ask for their passport. You go, actually Irish fuckhead or just American Irish? Because actual <laughs> Irish, I'm going to buy you a few pints. We're going to Shannon. <laughs> and say, nice teeth, fuckhead, or something on the way on the plane. Shannon was the very, very first duty-free in the world. <laughs> what I wonder what, like, what, what do you tell kids, right, when you're, when you're picking their dad up from court or the airport, like, lock-up or something? Children sort of... They know when their mum's cut with their dad for getting arrested oh. for being a belligerent drunk, which in Ireland is just known as having a dad. But they still have to say, like, <laughs> I assume people like John Tudor yeah. still have to say to his kids, you know what I want for Christmas, kids? Promise you won't ever Google me. <laughs> Even in 2002, hey, kids, do not ask Jeeves about your pops. <laughs> <laughs> Da, Da's in trouble. Yeah. All he ever wanted was a caravan for his ma. Yeah. And now he's in trouble. Dad's got to stay in the gaff for a few months, kids. <laughs> that wasn't the end of his punishment. He did get banned for life from Air Lingus. Pretty fucking toothless, oh. considering the options remaining to get from Chicago to Dublin. Probably, I reckon... I could get banned from an airline twice a year and still be able to get wherever I want to go anytime for the rest of my life. Yeah? You're that confident that, what, there's that many airlines? Fucking oath there's that many airlines. Yeah. Yeah. You get banned for life from it. Maybe domestically in Australia you're going to struggle a bit. Yeah. but um, Yeah, you've got to keep one of those open. So now, and especially now, Virgin aren't flying overseas, so that's fine. You could lose Virgin. Get banned off Virgin. You're good to go. Yeah. Qantas will get you around here and out of here. If you lose Qantas, though, you're going to need a Singapore or an Etihad. China's got about 75 different airlines. You can hop on one of those bad boys. You'll be fine. There's always an option. Like Epstein's plane, yeah. that's empty at the moment from what I can gather. <laughs> Just hire that. Get wherever you fucking want. Anyway, good on jo- good old Johnny. Bit of Irish Christmas cheer. Oh. The um, Fuck yeah. Second part of our episode today, slightly different. Do you reckon that's... Why duty free started in Shannon Airport is because there were just so many diverted flights and people landing. Yeah, you know, fuck! I just got to. Would love to buy some booze. They went perfect. It's not that long that you've been able to buy duty free on the way in somewhere, though, is it? it? Used to be just outbound, from what I can remember. My first international flight would have been fourteen years ago, I reckon. Yeah, right. What was that? Yeah, two thousand six to the states. 
landing in the oh fuck landing in the states. I don't know if you could buy anything. I don't think so. I know coming back into Australia, you've always been able to buy booze. You know what I've always found perplexing is fuckheads in like for example Sydney Airport. Well, before they go on their holiday, they buy duty free and leave it sitting in a bag in Sydney for when they get back. They just buy it on the way back in. No. Yeah, you can. That is hedging your bets. You, you assume you're going to be alive when you get back and you're going to remember it before you go through customs. Wow. Fucking crazy. Yeah. Crazy. That's lay-by mentality. Although they probably tell you because your ticket is linked, you know, they have to scan your ticket. Yeah. It might be a smart move. That's a little surprise. After a long-haul flight, you're just fucking tired and cranky. You haven't had much sleep. There's a baby screaming. Then they tap you on the way out and go, Mr. Heggie, here's your 48 cans of Woodstock cola. Nah. You go, fucking hot diggity. What a time. I don't think they go out of their way to do that. I think the duty-free people get a lot of free stuff when people are fucking in the news. Young father yeah. on the news has come unstuck in Bali. Fucking sick. Got a couple of bottles of bourbon. <laughs> Sitting in a paper bag there. These are for people who know they're going to max out the credit card in CUDA. Oh, yeah. So they they do it in Sydney before they leave. Yeah, on the exact same drinks that they're returning home to. Yeah, and have been drinking the whole time. Yeah. It's uh, pretty good. I've always <laughs> – have you been to someone's house and they've got like a Jim Bean cradle? Mate, uh, my old co-host, Margot Parker, she talked – one of her friends, the husband has some um, – Massive, like it's worth over a hundred grand. Jim Beam, I think. What do you Jim mean? Jim Beam or Jack Daniels? Some collection, all different bottles and different bits of memorabilia, and yeah, they've everything in this room. Yeah, like a shrine. You know what it is, though. I think it's you get in a little bit, and then it's too late. It's like heroin. It's hooked you. Well, I'd like to know who's deciding that's worth a hundred grand because you've got to have a buyer. It's all well and good to say this piece of shit's priceless. Yeah. But if no one wants to buy it, who cares? Who wants a fucking five litre cradle Jack Daniels? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Anyway. Some other bargain. Yeah. But I think though, those sort of collectors, they they wanna they wanna start small, but then it, it just gets out of control. It's like I remember an old neighbor of mine growing up, he had a whole room of their house that was like a miniature train set. And I guarantee that's not what he wanted when he started. Yeah. Pedophile. Well, no one chooses. To be a pedophile, it's revolting. <laughs> you reckon it's only only pedos? Fucking oath. Classic bit of bait, that is. Old as time itself, model train set, basement, no windows. <laughs> Recipe for fucking disaster, that is. Should be on a register when you buy them. Um. Anyway, our uh, second part, we better kick on, mate. We're looking at the classic airline, Merpati Nusantara Airlines. From uh, Kupang to Turilelo on December 23, 2013. Ooh. Sorry, what did you say that what did you say that airline was called? Merpati Nusantara Airlines. Jesus. Yeah. I've never heard of that. I'm looking it up now. Pretty good. I had a sticky beak at Merpati Nusantara Airlines. And if someone said, like this is well, first of all, this is this is the dude, right? His name's Marianus Say, he's an Indonesian politician who couldn't get on a flight because it was fully booked. And this pissed him off because he was urgently needed at the other end for a meeting. Can't reschedule. There's a fat fucking envelope blue tacked under the table in front of my seat. I've got to get there. So um, Marianus, he's, he's done what any sane man would do. A lot of blue tack. 
on a that's a fat envelope. Oh yeah, you want to back yourself. <laughs> have all four corners blue tacked <laughs> under the. You don't want to just put one dollop of blue tack in the middle and hope that sticks it to the table. That's third world corruption. Nah, not enough chewy in the fucking town for that. Yeah. Well, mm. um, he's rung ahead. He's done what anyone would do. He's rung ahead and ordered everyone under his charge to drive their cars onto the runway at the other end so the plane couldn't land and had to head back to Kupang. What a legend. Worst case scenario, a bunch of underlings get killed in their cars by the underside of a plane. No harm, no, no foul. Point proven. Marianas, well done. Mm. He said, the airline has hampered my state duty as the government official. It should be a lesson for its management. Can I tell you something? I'm just having a look at Merpati on Wikipedia. Oh, yeah. I thought, fuck, Merpati must be going all right. I've never seen him in air crash investigations. You should and have. I get down to accidents yeah. and incidents, and I, I think the TV, the production company, are just waiting to give him their whole own season. Absolutely. Fuck, that is, that is dense. I counted about 14 or 15 incidents and accidents that they've had. Um, if someone said to me there's not room on the Mapati New Santara Airlines flight, I'd say fair enough. I reckon I'll just fucking walk. You look at the <laughs> look at the fleet and you see words like De Havilland, Fokker, Casa 212, <laughs> Douglas. Fucking hell. I mean, I've always had a spot for the underdog. How about the Xian MA60? I've never heard of that plane. Yeah, right. Again, if it ain't Boeing... I'm not going. <laughs> I mean, we've always liked the underdog here, but unless the stakes are as high as my life, I love the underdog. In their former fleet was a Lockheed Hercules. Yeah. That's what troops fly on. Yeah. They've just stuck them a party sticker on the side and get in there, guys. Well, they've been around since the early 70s, so there was a bit of that sort of stuff. That's when they began operating. But still, not even in the top 10 unsafe airlines in the world somehow. <sighs> A few of those, I don't know if you've seen that list, but a few of them are from Nepal. Mm. The problem with Nepal is that the sky is full of mountains. Yeah. That, that again, that's, that's fucking unfair, you know. That's the environment. That may not be the planes themselves. May not be, but... That's a very hard place to fly around. I'm not a pilot, but if I were one in charge of a plane in Nepal, I'd fly higher. <laughs> Just go, fuck it, we're going a bit higher. <laughs> Just to be safe, you know. <laughs> they don't. Leave it on the edge. Um, not so for Indonesia, although it is quite hilly. I get it, but it's not like Nepal. But um, for what I've seen, landings and all the ocean are the culprits usually for Mapati. Not a great track record. Well, their last accident or incident was uh, 2013. There was a crash landing on their Zian MA60 yeah. uh, from Bajawa to Kupang. 50 people on there crash landed at Kupang Airport. One passenger was injured which is probably less than an Aer Lingus flight that lands safely. Yeah. The aircraft, which has been damaged beyond repair, just lay on its belly on the runway with its engines jammed face down into the tarmac and its wings bent forward. Yeah. And only one person injured. Those Zian MA60s, get me on one. Oh. That's like an old school car. Yeah, it's made out of old, made out of the bloody black box material, obviously. <laughs> they've listened to our mate and fucking they've made one. So it's like comedians are the soothsayers of the world. Um, <laughs> I reckon at Mapati, you could get a job there with how many hours you've clocked up on your little video games. Yeah, I'm up to three hours. You just go in there and they'll go, they'll go. Oh, have you ever flown a plane? No, but I played a lot of Daily Decathlon. Radio. How does a Vickers Viscount sound? <laughs> never been serviced. Jump in. See you on Wikipedia. Uh, I've never been in a cockpit. 
but I do have an Xbox controller that attaches to a laptop. Yeah, yuck. And they'll say, you beauty. <laughs> I'll say, where's F5? That's what I've got to press for the landing gear to retract. I mean, it has been a while since a consumer's been into a cockpit. They could feasibly just have Xbox controllers in there now, just attach to a joystick. Isn't that what they're doing? A lot of those drone pilots, they've picked up kids that were great at Call of Duty games. Oh, really? They've got good reaction times and they're good with controls. Yeah. They're your new little kid soldiers, are they? Nerds. Yeah. Bloodlust. Um, I'm a big fan of this bloke, though, Marianas. And there are other factors I know that comprise third world status, but abuse of power, that's an absolute fucking mainstay from what I've seen. And yep. Not that power can't be abused everywhere in every system. For the people from Melbourne who want to light up the fucking switchboard, I get it. But it's not even... It's not even the abuse. It's just the open-handedness of it. In countries like Indonesia, they just don't give a fuck. Yeah. They're just straight into it. What do you mean? That's what I mean. There's corrupt people everywhere. But here they have to sort of try a little bit. Then sometimes they'll pull the occasional, like in Sydney the other year with the lockout laws, there's only two places that are exempt, the casino and the place where the new casino is being built. Yeah. And you go, fuck, come on. <laughs> That's a third-world effort. Have yeah. a fucking go. I love it when they... A third world country, they always chuck someone out and go, this guy's been in for ages. You know, we're getting a new guy in. He's going to be way better. Mm. And they just fucking put another one in place who's just as bad. Put like Mugabe in there. Get, get him in there. He'll sort the joint out. Did he ever <laughs> clean the place right up and out? But um, I, I reckon it's like it's like primary school. You know, everyone when everyone hates the teacher, I don't know if this happened to you, they hate the teacher. And then she's got to go outside for five minutes to take care of business, probably – get on the phone and sort out the husband who's tripped the power at home or something, plug too many things in. I don't know. Not my business. <laughs> Whatever she's doing, she's got to talk him through how to fix it. Who knows? But she'll before she goes, she'll like install a kid at the front of the class to be in charge for five minutes yep. and it's just fucking mayhem. He'll just stand there telling everyone he's going to bash them and whoever gives them the least money is going to cop it when Miss gets back. Fucking corruption <laughs> early on. It's inbuilt. <laughs> We had a mate of mine that used to constantly break his chair when the teacher wasn't looking. He'd bend, he'd bend one of the legs on the chairs. Then when she'd turn around, he'd sit down on it properly and fall off and say he's going to sue the school. Yeah, and it was just, but he'd do it every single class. It was just very funny. Like the first time, you go oh, whatever. When it happens ten classes in a row, and this teacher cracked the shits one day and left the room, and he goes, "Cody, gives you chair." I give him my chair. And he goes to start bending it and she's come straight back in. She said, I'm walking to the principal's office to get the principal. You're in trouble. But she's tricked us. She's just closed the door for a second, a second, knowing full well that Brendo's going to just snap another chair. Yeah. She caught him red-handed. Sick. I mean, they've got to be sneaky. Kids are pricks. Oh, the worst. I don't know. Whoever's a teacher, fuck. Oh, good on you. I know they always say they get heaps of holidays. Nah. They deserve them. Not worth it. No. Well, I think everyone found that out this year with homeschooling. Oh, yeah. Sucks. Disastrous. But, I mean, teachers teachers are pretty special. I hope there's some listening. Good on you. Thanks for doing the work of many, many people because fuck me, I couldn't. Especially since violence is gone, you can't do it. Kids are pricks yeah. and they know yeah. they can do what they want now. Nightmare. Absolute nightmare. My old man once when I was in year nine, the worst year for boys, because he said, what is it? You just want to fuck or fight and you can't do either. Year nine boys are the worst. Yeah. He told my year nine maths teacher that he could just slam my head into my mate's head. He goes, just grab their heads, smash them together. I don't care. Sick. If he's going to play up. Did they take it up? <laughs> take it up? The offer? This was 2001. 
just pre nine eleven, but still not too long ago. Oh, violence was gone by then. I I finished in nineteen ninety one, and that was the tail end, like right on the end of yeah. We got our asses kicked, but then after that it was over. We thought, what the yeah. fuck? What are you talking about? It's no way, no way that's over. These kids deserve it. I had to cop it. But then that's army mentality. Good on everyone for having no violence. Um, so so after he's got he's got everyone to like park across the tarmac, which is fucking mad, yeah. and the public didn't like it. And the uh, Minister for Home Affairs, Gamma One Fauzi, who once received an award for his battles against corruption himself, agreed it's not on. So Gamawan gave Marianas a letter of warning. The end. Wow. So I hope you took it seriously. So um, I had a- uh, that's, that's a lot. Oh, I mean, I'm sure he still thinks about this, but I had a gander at- And he probably also got an envelope back. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the warning. I'll see your warning and raise it $100,000. Um, <laughs> I, I had a gander at Marianas's online presence, and he's pretty- Quite prolific on Facebook, as most politicians should be. Um, I looked at a bunch of his videos and fairly indecipherable, to be frank. It's not even the language. I just don't know what the fuck's going on. Somewhere there's like a, did you get some audio of this? Yeah, you know you know who the bloke isn't paying off? A video editor. Fuck me. Oh, yeah. They are, the videos, I don't know why. It's as if he's just accident. He went to take a photo or he's accidentally turned the camera on. Yeah. And he's just, it's been streaming to Facebook for 10 minutes. Oh, there's heaps of very similar ones. Yeah. But there was this video. There's, there's heaps just like that where there's like a cop car speeding past followed by no fewer than about 200 motorbikes and then Marianas on the back of a Hilux, an Indonesian Pope mobile. <laughs> making a big entrance to what I can gather is a fucking restaurant. I think that's just how he goes out to lunch. Jesus. Not right. You 200, get on your motorbikes, go get me three cop cars. I'm going out for a feed. I need a burger. <laughs> <laughs> why Why else do we have tax dollars? What the fuck? <laughs> you know. It's- as soon as anyone's in a suit in that climate, I automatically think sus. Oh, totally sus. Yeah. Most climates, if you're in a suit, I think is sus. But it particularly... That part of the world. Absolutely. Too close to the equator. This will surprise you, right? For a man who has photos online of himself in various poses, such as sitting atop a motorbike that's clearly too big for him, surrounded by <laughs> a bunch of poor people who are standing there going, who the fuck's this guy? Great motorbike, love it. Wish I could steal it. Um, Marianas, he was arrested in 2018 for taking bribes from building contractors. Poor. Bit of trouble. That's like when a leaguey gets in trouble for drinking too much. You think, how much have you had to drink for you to be pulled up on it? Yeah. Also, it's just on the news that much. Like you just, they might as well have a news item just saying the sun came up this morning. You did it, fuckhead. <laughs> Whatever. He's um just the credits. Indonesian news at the end. Politicians caught taking bribes today. Yeah. Just- <laughs> <laughs> the the dude Wilhelmus Umbu Umbulumbu. Gave Marianas three hundred thousand US for a road building contract. So that's what we're looking at for Marianas. That's that's how you get the sort of power to put cars across a fucking tarmac. And um, I know the the Christmas link 
for a story from Indonesia is tenuous, but don't panic. Marianas is Catholic. Big on Christmas, big on forgiveness. Don't worry about it. Fuck yeah. Christmas. Uh, what I want to know is that for a guy that's dealing in corruption in Indonesia, fucking barter. Who's paying 300 grand US in Indonesia for anything? Oh, that'd be a big road contract, I reckon. It would have been bargained. Yeah, is it all the roads? I reckon he could have gotten it done for 150 bucks cash. <laughs> Slip it in his pocket, you would have got the road contract. Talk down. Oh, yeah. Jesus. And the contract and the work, that's two different things. That's another step in the process. Oh, okay. Like once you get the contract, you don't have to do the work. Uh, you just leave it dirt. Yeah, no, don't worry about it. It's where they get you. Get some local men to lie down and curl up in the in the um, potholes and pay them to get run over. Job done. Makes you think, doesn't it? Well, that's the, <laughs> that's the end of our first Christmas episode here at Midfly Brawl. Uh, sorry, I said it wrong. Christmas. And just remember. Christmas. 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 See you next week. Bye. <laughs> See you, mate. Thanks for tuning in to Midair Brawl. This is our very first episode. Heggy, you're already shaking your head. It's mid-flight brawl, dickhead. Oh, fucking hell. Okay, ready to go. The clap. Hang on, sorry, I fucked it. Clap. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.